What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents The Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. I liked it. Thanks. And that <laughs> voice you heard is Lotus of Doom. Welcome, everybody, to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast Live. Things are changing. Things are changing in the world of lore. And uh, we are now doing, we, I say we, because Lotus of Dune will be, do, Lotus of Dune. Have you considered yes. that name change? That was going to say straight from the Alakir Desert. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll be. Uh, I was thinking the new the remakes of the Dune movies, and we're, we're going to start doing a Dune lore cast. Perfect. Um, <laughs> um, we'll be joining me regularly here on Twitch.tv/slash Robots Radio. Thursday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We are streaming live. This is going to be a live weekly show. And of course, if you're listening to the audio, then don't worry. You're not going to be left out. You can still get the audio. But if you'd like to join us live every week, then we will be here talking about lore. Things are changing up. And we are here with our with our viewers. Welcome to the stream, everybody. And welcome, Lotus. Thanks for joining me. Hi, it's been a while since I've been here, actually. I've oof, many episodes back. I you yeah. had me join you yeah and, we talked uh, uh hermaeus mora and then we talked about really wacky skyrim stuff yeah i was gonna <laughs> say hermaeus mora and then really abstract <laughs> anecdotes and weird bits which i guess is kind of relevant to why i'm here again <laughs> oh god yeah yeah so this episode today we are talking about the elder scrolls arena we've gone back to the very first in the game series which most people who play the game today Probably never played because they got into it, you know, uh, maybe in Morrowind, more likely in Skyrim, and maybe even the Elder Scrolls Online was their first Elder Scrolls game. Mm-hmm. So we're going back to the OG content here because Lotus, for those of you who don't know, you should be tuning into his other show, Tales of Tamriel, has been talking about his experiences in these other games that he's played. He's played. You've played basically all the games at this point? So I have played, <clears throat> I've at least played each of the games except the two other Elder Scrolls Travels games. There's the most well-known Elder Scrolls Travel game of um, Shadow Key, which I have completed on the N-Gage, um, which was rough. But <laughs> Which was rough, yes. Yeah. There yeah. are two other JavaScript games that were released as well. Uh, one is called Dawnstar, the other is Stormhold, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I have the JavaScript extension files. I just have not tested running them on my computer um, yet. So I haven't tried either of those. I've briefly played Battlespire and I've briefly played Daggerfall, although I do plan on doing full playthroughs of those as soon as I finish Arena. So I will be going from beginning to end every single game in the series. Yeah, and you stream these too. I we do. I stream this them. Before. Yep. So if, if you want to jump in before, you'll, you'll hear some of the pre-show banter as well. We were talking about um, how you had, I don't know what, 90 nine percent of the twitch audience for uh, yeah i was gonna say so i i believe <laughs> i believe it was last month all 47 uh, people or 52 like people 52 people watched arena on twitch and 48 of them <laughs> were from one of my streams so um <laughs> thanks everybody <laughs> I, I people just enjoy uh i believe watching me die a lot because the yeah. game is unmercifully difficult uh <laughs> Yeah. Not just age-wise, the man, that is not an easy game. <laughs> yeah, I tried jumping into Daggerfall a few weeks back. I've heard that's even harder than Arena. <laughs> I uh, 
I restarted four or five times um, before I figured out how to actually swing my sword. Because in order to swing your sword, when you have it on, so this this was one of those games that came out in the late '90s when you could use a mouse in order to do things, but the yes. controls were very awkward. So it didn't, it doesn't default to a, like a WASD movement system. Um, you can click on things on the screens with with the mouse, and you can use the mouse to attack. But it's not just like click left click to swing or right click yep. to cast spell or anything like that. You have to hold down the mouse button and drag across the screen as if you're swiping your sword. And it took me the longest time to figure out how to actually hit the rats that were in the dungeon. I died it's, like five or six times without getting out of the first pretty little tutorial amazing. dungeon. Uh, well, so one, don't feel bad. Um, I forget <laughs> what the stat is, but most people cannot get through the tutorial dungeon. It's like notorious that people will never see the end of the first dungeon in that game um and then to top it all off there are riddle doors throughout this with throughout the game and there is a um i believe it was not in a specific version of the game but to prevent piracy there was a riddle door at the end which had it was not something you would learn it was in the uh -huh. instruction manual right so you like need to physically own it like yes <laughs> open page 17 find the second Correct. paragraph and tell me what the fourth word is that kind of thing yeah. yeah and that was how you got out of the first dungeon otherwise you were just in a lot of trouble oh, man. um yeah the rest of the riddles were based on um most of them are logic puzzles and stuff like that um or just straight up riddles, which I surprise am not uh, good at. It turns out I, I've gotten some of them, but having a Twitch chat uh, to basically chill uh, with me as all of us try to decipher what the puzzles are is is pretty funny. And you are pretty aggressively punished if you get them wrong, um, <laughs> because the moral to everything in arena is if you screw up, you're punished severely. Um, so yeah, that's just that's, like real life. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Luckily I can say it and reload. Uh, so you can stay safe, scum your way through a lot of scenarios in arena, but uh, yeah, just in regards to the, the swinging your sword, like you mentioned, uh -huh. It's it's interesting because it's such a strange feature that's in a game that came out in 1994, I believe it was. Um, so you can uh, not only do you swing like left and right, like you can actually do vertical swings and you can do thrusts as well uh -huh. based on the direction you pull your mouse and they do different things based on that. Like if you do a thrust, you do, I believe it's less damage, but a higher percent chance of hitting. Whereas uh, if I you see. were to do left to right, it's like, okay, you do more damage, but your uh, percent chance to hit goes down. It so potentially glance stuff. off the armor rather than poking through it. That Correct. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is, which is crazy to think about in a game that looks like, doom the original game <laughs> <laughs> looks like dookie <laughs> yeah, it is rough it is rough yeah yeah so um uh, sinalis in, in uh, chat says random guy on reddit recently described daggerfall dungeons as navigating someone's twisted intestines <laughs> i actually agree it's not so fun after a while <laughs> better by far with unity still convoluted throw um yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> Twist, running through intestines well we're, we're not here to talk necessarily about the mechanics of of this we're we're going to be talking right. about the lore of the elder scrolls arena the very first game and one of the things that we We've learned uh, in studying the lore is that they started in a very generic place and then by about Morrowind they really started the lore started to codify it started to come together and they took some of the names and places from the previous games and really worked out and fleshed out more of the uh, you know the the gods the pantheons the the creatures the realms all you know the different locations the races all of those things started to really come together by about Morrowind um, mm -hmm. so in order to kick us off on this episode I have the introductory screens for the Elder oh, Scrolls man. Arena so These are here great. we go <laughs> This is where you get off. 
Come with me. So here we go. These are the introductory screens, and I'm going to have the old man read them. Uh, old man, can you uh, read these screens to us? Yes, certainly. The first screen says, The best techniques are passed on by the survivors. Gaiden Shinji, Blade Master First Era 947. Thank you, old man. So, <laughs> so this kicks off with a quote, the best techniques are passed on by the survivors, which, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, I, really? I, that's, I, some, <laughs> that's some deep stuff. Oh, no, the video's looping now. Here we go. Well, look at it this way. I mean, it's it's not wrong because the only techniques will be passed on by those of the survivors. <laughs> right, right. So, OK, so that's that's the intro. They reference somebody from the past who, of course, they flesh out in later in later detail uh, going into uh, Gaiden Shenji. He's a Red Guard hero of the first era. Yep. Um, we, we come to learn more about him. They talk about him a bit. In, I believe in Elder Scrolls Online, he shows up in some of the, um, the history and, and some of the details uh, yes. of the quests and stuff. Yep. He's got a few uh, statues, I believe, actually, and monuments to him throughout the uh, throughout Elder Scrolls Online. I don't remember the exact names of locations off the top of my head where they are, but definitely references mm. to Gaiden Shinji. Yeah, I love that his name is like very clearly Japanese. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 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 funny because like... Um, the whole concept of the blades, like so much of their stuff has like the samurai influence on their style. Mm -hmm. So it, I, I guess they started all the way back before they had determined that the blades really had any existence yet, because that's really not a focus of uh, arena, but they, they obviously took the concept of like the, Oh, well, okay, maybe we'll, we'll put the Japanese samurai flair to this to this guy or whatever so yeah yeah they were clearly pulling uh from more than just like um i don't know medieval european mm -hmm. and tolkien-esque you know elves and dwarves and things like that which of course they were pulling from but they were they're expanding out from beyond that and, and it comes through yep. right on the first line there so the next uh the next screen goes i'm not gonna have the old man read all of these uh, it says for centuries different factions battled in petty wars and border conflicts until the second era 896 tiber septum crushed all those who opposed him and took control okay well that's just pretty this is pretty spot on right mm -hmm. it's pretty solid oh yeah if that date is a specific uh I didn't look this up, but I don't know if that date I, is a specific conflict so or I, battle or the end of the war or I think what know? it was was they started to lock things in around this, but then from my understanding as we'll get into, Arena has some um for people that very much fight over the lore, and I'm sure you get different uh sides of this <laughs> mm -hmm. since you focus so much on the lore aspect to it. Um Sometimes since the unrelated, uh, the unreliable narrator is such a strong presence in the series, uh, people can really dig their heels in on, no, this is what happened. No, this is what happened. Um, right. If you yeah. want to base too much of it's, it's really good that that's a thing because there's a decent amount in Elder Scrolls arena that kind of just means the series shouldn't be what it is right now. <laughs> if, if it was <laughs> exactly as arena foretold. Right. Right. Well, it goes on. It says, um, proclaiming himself as emperor. Okay. Still the bitter years of war had its effect on the populace. And this, <laughs> this is really interesting here. The named Hamriel Elvish for Dawn's beauty seldom fell from anguished lips and was soon forgotten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay in a place yep. where life and death uh move to the next screen different sides uh of the same coin tossed every day <laughs> okay yeah. I mean, the way this even phrase is a little awkward there, yes there, some of the descriptions are very wordy um, <laughs> yeah and yeah. to be fair i actually forgot this is compared to some of the other things worded pretty eloquently uh they get into verily and thine and stuff like that uh oh. in the wording quite frequently so this is actually much more standard english than some of the other points in the game yeah 
Um, so different sizes of the same coin tossed every day, life and death. The people of the known world began calling the land of their sorrow the arena. They they went from Tamriel to the arena. This is just the name of the world. Mm-hmm. Now, now 492's 492 years after Tiber Septum took control and kept the peace, the land of Arena has a new threat. The Emperor Uriel Septum VII celebrates his 43rd birthday, but jealous hearts desire their throat, the throne and plot his downfall. Okay, that's pretty standard Elder Scrolls fare, you know. Yes. Somebody's plotting the death of the Emperor, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So it goes on and says, it is said that hope flies on death's wings. <laughs> is it? Prepare then for as the Elder Scrolls foretold that it will be here that your adventure begins. So the Elder Scrolls foretold our adventure. Okay, that's kind of all right. So that's yep. sort of there, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uriel Septim, the uh, fourth. Did we just go from the seventh to the fourth? Uh, Let me just go back. Tiber Septum. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's supposed to be about the seventh. I didn't realize. Uriel Septum, the seventh. It's, it's the seventh. V-I-I, no. right? Yeah, no, it's, you're, and you're dealing with Uriel Septum, the seventh, because the span of time between Uriel, uh, between Elder Scrolls 1 and Elder Scrolls 4, where, uh, I mean, I guess since this is a lore, lore cast, we've got to have some degree of spoilers, especially for a game yeah. as old as Oblivion. Um, sure. So sure. when they kill Patrick Stewart, i.e. Uriel <laughs> Septum, <laughs> right. it's the same one. All of this happens within I, a, a time frame that he's the emperor the whole time. It's mm-hmm. the same dude. So I, I'm not sure. I actually don't remember that specific screen suddenly switching yeah. him to the yeah. fourth. That's yeah, Uriel Septim fourth. So uh, to Emperor of Tamriel stands with Jalin, leader of the Imperial he, Guards. Oh, okay. I actually guess I don't remember that. I think that's a typo. Yeah. Unless there's more to this statement on the next page that I'm not remembering where they're making a reference to (laughs) several more. Nope, that's just a typo. Okay. (laughs) I don't remember this. I, all right. Yeah. Weird. Okay. They have been summoned by Jagar Tharn, Imperial Battle Mage of the Empire, on rumors of treachery. All right, so this is pretty standard fare. You've got, you know, spooky-looking dude in a cape with a yep. spear... Uh, a spear staff? It's almost... So I would refer to it as almost a staff of chaos. <laughs> huh. Yep. And then, the next screen, the Emperor is betrayed! <laughs> Which, with them exploding. <laughs> they, yeah, everybody, everyone looks like they're exploding here. Um, yep. <laughs> and transported to a dimension of Tharn's choosing. Which one should we send you to? <laughs> and we have we have this image here of anybody listening of a magic-y wizard cloaked head guy with stars in his eyes and planets and stars drifting out from like the cloak that is I don't know. This is a very artistic rendering, I think. Yes. After months of preparation, Jagar Tharn takes the throne. So creepy wizard dude in a creepy throne, which all of a sudden is just more creepy because he's creepy, I guess. Well, to be fair, all of the Tharn dynasty is pretty creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Rhea Silmane, once Tharn's apprentice, is captured before she can warn the Elder Council of the Imperial Battle Mage's treachery. <laughs> Uh, next page. Manipulating the essence of magic, Tharn prepares to take the true emperor's place as ruler of the known land, which we now know is named Arena. Uh, yes. <laughs> which doesn't come about at all in uh, Oblivion, but there is yep. an arena. Yeah, but. I was going to say, it, it, it. other than the arenas that you fight in, you will never hear Tamriel called Arena again, I do not believe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love this picture of Jagar Tharn here. Yeah, Jaeger um, is just completely Jaeger? nuts. Jaeger I call Tharn? him Jaeger bomb. So Jaeger bomb. I'd, yeah, I mean, it's kinda, yeah, yeah. It's um, he is. Yeah, he just loses it entirely when he takes off his hood. He's just got the Medusa hair going everywhere and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, his staff is no longer a spear. It has like a, a kind of crystal in the 
at the top of it and what looks like Uriel Septim's head. Yeah, I assume that's supposed to be an image of him when he goes, when he sends him to the pocket realm of Oblivion, where he's basically held captive until you beat the game. Right. I assume so he can, he can like talk to him through the little gem on yeah, his staff and, and like taunt him, him or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't get away from me. I've captured you in a pocket oblivion realm and I can watch you poo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, that's what happens when you have 24 hour uh, observation. surveillance. Of- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> it moves to the next screen and oh, we get a really cool character on this one. The Imperial Wizard wastes no time in gathering his servants. And this is the first image of a uh, demonic looking character who with a long snout. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it. It looks almost like that m- could have become what Daedros become in the series. Mm-hmm. It's yes. just like an early version of it. But there is also um, like this fire dragon thing in the game, too. So I think it's actually that creature. But it's I'm just curious. If it, it looks like it has the torso of a man. It looks like it has yes. like so, Arnold Schwarzenegger body and then like dragon snout slash demonic head. A relatively high level enemy, but it is basically a walking. It, it's not super huge, but it's like almost a man dragon in the game. And it's it's engulfed in fire and it throws stuff at you. I actually don't know the specific name of the creature off the top of my head. Um, but that's, I think, what it's supposed to be referencing. Uh, it's relatively high level from what I've seen because I don't run into an awful lot of them. But I wonder if it kind of led to what became as a different creature in the series because a lot of things in Arena are not seen in their original forms outside of arena. They're just kind of like, here's our base idea. And they fleshed it out Uh later. There we go. Um, so not sure if that had like a deeper meaning to that thing. And it's just like, that's the starting version of where it becomes. Right. Right. Okay. So, uh, let's go back because we're almost done our story. And turning them into twisted counterparts of the Imperial's guard, their Emperor's guard. So we have what looks like a person, Mm -hmm. a naked person, writhing in pain as they're being turned into a demonic looking creature with a tail and a snout, which is probably based on the creature on the previous page. And that's it. That is your intro. That's the intro. And then they... And then what, what, what happens? Do you, you, do you most start certainly out as a prisoner? Do. Uh, <laughs> the series started well, with go. the concept of you being a prisoner. Um, you are thrown into the Imperial City prison uh, right out the gate um, for being where you should not be. <laughs> and the uh-huh. uh, what's the lady who was zapped? What is her name? Um uh yeah so something she comes to you in a vision and tells you thank you ria Uh, ria Ria she comes to you in a vision Mm -hmm. um if you have the cd-rom version of the game it's actually a voiceover fmv which is stunning i assure you yes amazing (laughs) um and she gives you your mission directive, which is vague, and you're basically left in this prison by yourself. But the idea is um, the plot is revealed to you in basically the same manner that we just read the individual slides from. And mm-hmm. in order to free the emperor, you need to go and collect the eight pieces of the Staff of Chaos that Jaegerbaum was holding. Well, he separated them and scattered them <laughs> across Tamriel. And your goal is to get out of prison and then go to the different provinces. You've got to go to high, you know, one is in High Rock, one is in Morrowind, one is in Black Marsh, one is in elsewhere. And you have to go from place to place and find each of the pieces of the staff of chaos to create it and get into that realm to free the emperor. Okay. So here, here we have, um, I'm going to share my screen here. This is, uh, 
You guys should probably up. Oh, it's uh, it's looking funny. It's not. Oh, there we go. Can you probably can you see that in the stream? There we go. It's a little it's a little off center, but the, yeah, there she is. Huh? It won't show it. It's blocked. <laughs> it's, it's like Discord is like, sorry, you can't actually see this content. It's oh, wait, maybe it, we're here. nope. It won't do it. It won't <laughs> transmit it. Thanks. Thanks, Discord. Well, all right, then. Too many spoilers in one place. <laughs> Too many spoilers. Well, I thought I'd be cool and pull it up on the screen, but uh, clearly Discord will not let me stream the video from that. Um, but anyway, you get a sense of uh, her voice, and she, she looks like this uh, head in the clouds. This mm -hmm. ethereal magic head lady. Yes. Lady head. If you... Yeah, picture like a really cheesy um, angel, like <laughs> floating in the heavens. Right, with a hairstyle that's, from the mid-90s, yeah. Correct, which, which is super on brand. So that that is pretty much it. Her perm is blowing in the breeze, and she gives <laughs> you your mission directive. <laughs> she's, she's looking fierce and yet heavenly. Yes, yes. yep. <laughs> So, okay, so that's that's how it starts out. Now, you've been playing this for a while, and when I pitched the idea for this episode for you, I was like, you know what? I really just want to hear about your experiences with this game and what wackiness you've come across. Um, because I'm sure there's a ton of stuff we could go into about every little detail about, uh, they mention these characters, they mention these Adra or names that mm -hmm. become Adra or names of characters that become powerful god entities that used to be men you know like there's a lot of that kind of stuff but i want for this episode we can tackle maybe some of those details in a future episode i want to just dip our feet in to the experience of playing this game now 25 years later and 26 years later and just what is it like what, what <laughs> things are you noticing that really stand out so yeah i trying to tackle this game because the series holds its roots to parts of Elder Scrolls Arena, but at the same time, so much is kind of only, I guess you'd say, referenced as opposed to anything more than that. Mm -hmm. And one of the probably biggest thing, well, there are a couple pretty major things. Um, many of the creatures and or races are really kind of rough drafts of what they'll become. Uh -huh. Khajiit aren't cats. Um, they're people with tails and red hair. That's, that's what they are. Uh, they're, okay. it, it makes reference to them being descendants of cat ancestors, but not they are like feline based, which as you go further in the series is absolutely not the case. There's, you know, what is 16 first stocks and then the main. Um, right, right. It, so it's like they really go all in on that. Same thing with the Argonians, which is one of my favorite um, parts. You will fight a lot of not Argonians in dungeons. You will fight Lizard Man, um, which mm -hmm. is it's just a crocodile <laughs> with a shield and it yells at you and it just hits you. Um and my favorite is when there are multiple of them. It is not lizard men. It is lizard mans in the game. <laughs> lizard mans. Lizard mans. So yeah, I, I hear you going out on those adventures. <laughs> you better watch out for those lizard mans. <laughs> I think there's probably somewhere in the U.S. where people still talk like that, but I don't know where that is. <laughs> but um, the big thing that I have greatly enjoyed from playing through Arena, I have five of the eight staff pieces at this point. So I wow. am five eighths of the way through the game um, to give a ballpark idea of how long I've been playing. Um, now I am blind going in. I I'm not looking up how to beat stuff or what's efficient ways. There are some really abusive cheeses you can do to just straight up glitch your way through the game, like almost instantly. Yeah, um, I bet. But yeah, uh, including a pass wall spell that literally lets you delete geometry, um, which, man, talk about, uh, you know, 
something ahead of its time. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's pretty nuts. But if you ever get into glitches that prevent quest progress, you can use that to counter it, which is lovely. Ah. Yeah, which is where I found out about it. But um, what I figured I would bring up is the places that you encounter in the game are places that you will see in the series specifically in Elder Scrolls Online. Um, you will attend Fang Lair, which is a dungeon in mm-hmm. uh, Elder Scrolls Online. You will go to Celine's Web, uh, which is another dungeon. Probably the it's one of the most recent ones that I've done um, and also was one of the more shocking things that I saw was to anybody who plays Elder Scrolls Online. So this is a little Elder Scrolls Online specific. Last year, currently we're in the season, um, you know, where we're in the sky, dark heart of Skyrim season. Uh, which is the year of, you know, how they release content now. Last year was the year of the dragon where we went to elsewhere for the first time in in Elder Scrolls Online fully. And you got the really cool cinematic of um, Abner Tharn. All comes back to the Tharns. Mm -hmm. He combines the Wrath Stone to open the Halls of Colossus and release the dragons. To find the staff piece in... Elsewhere, you have to find an ancient tablet, (laughs) bring it to the Mages Guild, have them decipher it, go to the Halls of Colossus, and that of dragons, you get a staff piece this time. So it's almost ripped, like, direct parts of the quest from Arena have been redone in Elder Scrolls Online, which is pretty cool that they pay such homage to how this series started after 25 years, 26 years, whatever year we're on at this point, time yeah, is relevant in now. 2020. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but, um, and so that was one that was very impactful. You will go to Labyrinthian, which has been seen in uh, probably the most, well, definitely the most well-known game, Skyrim. Um, when you're in Skyrim, you will go there. Um, you also get to go to Labyrinthian and Arena. And the last thing that i tackled was i needed to go to the temple of the mad god who they never name is shirigorath um it's just the mad god and he has banners that the best we could decipher because the graphics are rough look (laughs) like three faces one to the left one to the right and one facing in the middle Uh which looks exactly like the wabajack from yeah. the games down the line. So it looks like there was some idea to that being a thing and it just hadn't been fully fleshed out yet. But after that, you go to the crystal tower, which is another very mm-hmm. impactful thing. Very important. Yeah. That is a very, important <laughs> very location. important. Yes. And, um, the thing about the Crystal Tower, without going, you know, overly in depth on everything, um, the thing about the Crystal Tower is all of the dungeons, the way they're laid out just because of structure is you go into them and then you go down a level, down a level, a corresponding amount of levels till you get to the level that has your quest item. This one is inverted, so you're actually going up. Ah, and this wouldn't seem right, which yeah. you wouldn't think would make much of a difference. And all of this is obviously relevant to the time that this game came out going up a tower nowadays is like, yeah, obviously anybody Mm -hmm. can do that. But even the markers on the map, which is how you find your way around there. You always look for, you come in through the green marker, you look for the blue marker. Well, that was the first one where you come in through the blue marker and you have to find the green marker to get out. And that's where I realized, oh, I'm going up. I'm not going down. It's actually a tower. Like, Uh um, but in that tower, I'm not entirely sure why. (laughs) It apparently becomes Christmas in the middle of that tower. (laughs) Wait, what? What do you mean? So you start and it looks like a, a, a mage's tower. It's just like, oh, there's cobblestone walls and there's, you know, images on the on the on the walls. And when you go up, all of a sudden it's snowing indoors and there's mm. like trees made out of skulls, but they're covered in snow. And I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. 
And then when you go up another level, it all of a sudden becomes like a dungeon layout. And then you go up again and it's another level of Christmas. And I'm like, I don't understand what the <laughs> where they're going with this. <laughs> but it was pretty memorable, at least while scaling through that tower. It was just very strange. So huh. Mm-hmm. Huh. somebody somebody in the uh, staff meeting designing this was like, hey, guys, I've got this really cool idea. What if we turn a dungeon upside down? What do you get? You get a tower. And what would be really even more cool than a tower? Christmas. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, sky what? ice. <laughs> you know, like, it's, you go up in the air, it's going to be cold. So there'd be like snow, mm-hmm. like every other level of the tower <laughs> and skull trees. Cool. All right. Jimmy. <laughs> exactly. You get to design that level. All right. But um, yeah, so that's um, th- those are like the major places that I've tackled. Um, like I said, in the first, you know, five eighths of the game. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that is, I guess, one other note to the series that I've been. I, I didn't realize this until very recently, but. They changed. I mean, there's been subtle changes along the way uh, for a lot of different things, but it was something that I actually didn't realize until I did the Crystal Tower quest and the Temple of the Mad God was there. Those are located in Somerset. They're on the Somerset Isles. So you Mm -hmm. travel there. And two years ago, we had the Somerset Isles expansion uh, in Elder Scrolls Online. The name has changed how it's written. Um, It is now Somerset, as in summer and set. Very straightforward. It's like, okay, it's like the setting of summer. Right. It is not spelt that way in arena. It is S-U-M-U-R-S-E-T. So the the literal way it's it's Somerset, I guess. Somerset. And I didn't notice it until somebody pointed out on stream. They were like, hey, it's typoed. And then I realized it's not typoed. It's everywhere. I was like, oh, they changed the way this is just straight up written. I was like, oh, so like elsewhere being a word that's familiar, but spelled weird, (laughs) but spelled weird. Well, Somerset had its own thing, and it seems like they might have kind of thrown out that weird spelling for the sake of being weird (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. with, with that one, which is kind of interesting because there's just so many things gleaned from the old but then twisted just so slightly into what we get now so it's like as strange and foreign as elder scrolls arena is it like you can absolutely see the groundwork of the series in so much stuff and they really really you know, they stick to it in this series. Uh, you know, ESO has gotten a lot of grief for breaking lore and stuff like that. And uh, that doesn't really bother me too, too much. Um, when there's like discrepancies in, in what's where and what should be where when it, it's there. But they obviously look at the old material before they design the new material. And then, obvi- you know, you change what you need to change or whatever going forward. Right. But yeah, if if you can struggle to learn the old gameplay or theoretically you could just watch me suffer through it, which seems to be what I've been told is a lot of people's approach. It seems very um, enjoyable. A lot of people seem th- to enjoy it. I, 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 again, I die a lot because um, it is it is rough. Um, it's worth seeing where the series started compared to where it's ended up um, to this day. So, yeah, yeah. Very cool stuff. So I have here a list of the quests. Yes. And many of these names you will find familiar. Mm-hmm. So first, the first one starts out escape the prison because he started as a prisoner. Yep. Then you go to Thang Lair, yep. which you're going to be familiar with if you play mm-hmm. this. Labyrinthian. Elden Grove. Mm-hmm. The Halls of Colossus. Crystal Tower. Crypt of Hearts. Which is my next destination. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. Recover the sixth piece of the Staff of Chaos from this graveyard. Mm-hmm. Crypt of Hearts uh, was also in uh, Shadow Key as well. It is the final dungeon of the game. Um, and it's kind of interesting because there's a Crypt of Hearts level. In Shadow Key, they're labeled like Crypt of Hearts 1, Crypt of Hearts 2 if there's a second floor. 
and crypto starts three if there's a third there's a third floor that's what i'm alluding to which mm-hmm. is just funny because in elder scrolls online there's a crypt of hearts one and a crypt of hearts two because they're <laughs> right. two parts of the same dungeon right. so it's like oh man they deleted crypto hearts three unless it's another dlc we haven't gotten yet <laughs> yes it's same layout again just different creatures <laughs> yeah uh, then uh number eight is Merkwood, which of course becomes an entire region um yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah gonna, uh, and becomes mark meyer it's more swampy i'm very curious what that area is going to look like yeah yeah it just says dark forest yeah. in, the, in the description here <laughs> i know like Merkwood. like they pulled that right out of the lord of the rings yeah that but, is not even uh, they're not even trying on that one yeah and then dagoth ur is number nine yep which is a fiery I'm, volcano yes that's oh or or an enemy in Morrowind, but you know, <laughs> right, right, yeah. I, but so clearly, yes. clearly, the, this was you know used later and refined uh, in Morrowind. But and and what's interesting about this is that um, all of the ones before this are actual English words that mm-hmm. mean things, right? Yes, Dagoth Ur is completely mumbo jumbo. Yeah, they derail a little bit is right. <laughs> so it's it's clearly foreign. And then finally, the Imperial Palace, which, of mm-hmm. course, you're going to have an Imperial Palace because you have an emperor. So, right. And the Imperial right. City is in the still frame. So, like, the design of the Imperial City has been a thing, which is pretty cool right from the start. Mm-hmm. So those are all the locations. Um, I'm thinking in a future episode, we can dig into more of some of the, the details of some of um. I don't know some of the inconsistencies specifically yeah. between this and and the rest of the series. Um, For I know sure. That specifically, they they mentioned Tiber Septum. They also mentioned some of these other heroes that become become gods or godlike. You know, yep. K- Kinnereth. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some other ones that that come up in here, and so that, that'll be fun to dive into in the future. Um, anything else you want to add before we move on? No, actually, the only thing that's kind of interesting is there's nods to Daedric Princes, like obviously Sheagorath. It seems to have a nod of being the Mad God and stuff like that. It's like knowing where it goes. Um, so there are not the same degree of the, you know, the the... <laughs> version of what we see from the deities in the series also only seems like it kind of has just like the vague underpinnings of what will be, which I think are mostly fleshed out from what I've understood as I haven't completed it yet, but they get a lot more direct attention in Daggerfall Mm -hmm. as opposed to just little like, Oh, there's a, there's a mad God. Yep. And he's got a devoted following. And it's like, that's all we got. That's, that's as far as we right. got for this game. Right. And it's like later on, it becomes like, you know, Shereth and the, the gray jiggle. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. This became a lot of content later down the line. So it's, yeah. it's a lot of Elder Scrolls one arena seems really almost like a template for a game. Like it's looking back at it. It's one of those hindsights, you know, 2020. It looks almost like this game was a whiteboard for like, okay, we need to have a really long running IP that's just hyper convoluted. Everybody (laughs) throw your ideas at us. (laughs) Yeah. You get a dungeon, you get a dungeon, you get a dungeon, you get a dungeon. And we don't have to justify any reason why they're all connected. We'll figure that out we'll later. Work. Let's exactly. Just, let's it's just like get a game out there. We'll fill it in as we go, but we need the basics to make a world. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so that's, the it's been very bones. interesting. You just yeah, need the earth very, bones. Exactly. And you build on top of it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Awesome. <laughs> well, very cool. That's I, I like your perspective. And if you guys are listening or in the chat right now and you haven't checked out Lotus's live streams, then go check them out. I'm sure you're just uh, twitch.tv slash Lotus of Doom, right? Yes. Yeah, I I have a very easy tag to find. I'm Lotus of Doom if I have an account there. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, let's move into the middle of the show. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire and every one a sign. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen 
pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, a bunch of other items. It is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out. Click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, MAXPOOL. Don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world, characters, and story of Cyberpunk. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you, Patrick Stewart. Um, <laughs> as always, the show is brought to you by our patrons. Next week, we will be having our patron episode where we, we will be discussing the mods that are some of our favorites or wackiest, the ones that we love the most about incorporating into these games. And maybe even some add-ons and things for Elder Scrolls Online because you can't really mod it the same way you can something like Skyrim or Oblivion. So we'll be discussing that next week. Uh, as always, our Tier 4 patrons can join us every month for that conversation. So as if you're interested in doing that, if you sign up in the next week, you still have time to get in for this month's patron episode. Otherwise, patrons at Tier 1 and higher all get ad free episodes a little bit early and there are a bunch of other rewards we're also sponsored by um and our the robots radio network keeps growing in sponsors so i'm not going to call them all out because that's a big long advertisement but i will note that we are sponsored by loot crate so if you want the elder scrolls loot crate and you want to save 15 percent, then click the link in the show notes and use the code robots radio to get 15% off your elder scrolls loot crate mine's coming in just a few weeks i signed up a few weeks ago it's a, a quarterly crate i'm gonna get more cool stuff like you know the brotherhood t-shirt that i'm wearing and, and cool things to put in my room maybe you'll see them showing up in behind me uh in the in the camera um also there's a number of other um promotions that we have in the show notes so if you click any of those and go through and you know take a look maybe there's some stuff that you would be interested in it also helps support the show so go check that out all right let's move in to the end of the show yes yes you're entirely brilliant conquering madness and all that blah 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 so lotus this is the end of the show and we've just spent a good amount of time talking about Elder Scrolls Arena. And one of the things I want to do with our show specifically is to involve the community more. This is one of the reasons. And, and I noted this way back. We well, are at like 90 episodes. I don't know if I've, I've noted this anywhere. We're at like, I think this is episode 91. We're getting almost to 100 episodes of the show. And way back in episode one, I noted that the reason for starting shows like this was to build a community and have other people to talk to about these games and the lore behind them and all the things that we enjoy about them. So I want to, at the end of our episodes, moving forward, pitch a question. And if you're live in chat right now, feel free to answer the question and we'll call it out. But the question I wanted to pitch is one, have you ever attempted to play elder scrolls arena? And the answer is probably no. <laughs> and two, would you? If I was to put out a like, you know, just, I don't know, a call, a call out there of like, I, I want you guys and I maybe I'll do it too, to load this game up because I believe you can get it for free on the Bethesda launcher. Is that right? It's one of the free ones. Uh, yes, it is free. Uh, right. Both Arena and Daggerfall are free. And uh, since we are kind of all friends with it and everything like that uh shout out to the uesp uh because 
they have some direct links to the free files and they are configured in a way that they will run based on your operating system. Much easier to use. They helped me kind of fine tune it so that I could stream it because it does not play nice with some of the new uh, hardware. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so one, have you ever tried playing this before? And two, if not, would you, would you take the time to get it up and running understand some of the difficulties with it and actually play the game. Do you think that you could commit to that? And I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this. And if the answer is yes to that, I would absolutely love for you to share your experience, to stream it or record it. And, and we can have some fun comparing notes. I think that would be a lot of fun. So um, we have some response here, responses here in, in chat. Uh, <laughs> um, Ishi, Ishi streams. I hope I'm pronouncing your name. Correctly. It is Ishi it. Yep. I've tried and couldn't figure out how to attack. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. Um, yeah, and Daggerfall, I've tried Daggerfall. You have to like click and drag your mouse in order to make the sword swing and that kind of kind of stuff. Uh, Bob Chichinsky writes, uh, I've tried Daggerfall, but not Arena. Uh, Sulior says, I've played it, got a few dungeons in, but never finished it. Wow. Need to get back into it. Same with Daggerfall. Yeah, so I, I would love to It's kind of just put a challenge out there. Would you do it? And if you would... What is your experience, at least with the first, you know, say hour or two of playing, if you get it to load up and start? So that's my question slash challenge for the week. Lotus, do you have any uh, any questions that you want to pitch to the community? Um, so I would say. If you do, I for this would pretty much be to anybody that does decide to give this a shot. How far do you get before you kind of become either this is too much <laughs> i can understand what this is going for because i'm not gonna lie it it took a while to for me to adjust to it it's taken me a while for me to adjust to any of the older games but it's definitely doable so if you do decide to try it give it an honest effort and Tell us how far you got in it before it was like, mm, no, I think I'm good because notoriously, like I made reference to the first dungeon is unbelievably difficult, specifically to the degree that, um, again, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but when I was at PAX East, um, and Bethesda game days, uh, Pete Hines actually made reference to the fact that, uh, he struggled to get out of the first dungeon when he started working at Bethesda to get a <laughs> basis in the series and was like, this is horrifically hard. Awesome. And I for, I feel like he said he actually quit before he beat it. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. So yeah. Yeah. But I just remember when, when he was talking to me uh, and I had brought it up, he was just like, yeah, he's like, that is it is a jarring experience <laughs> to play arena after all the advancements that they've seen in the series. Right. Right. It also gives you kind of a perspective, a different perspective on the newer games, you know, like when you're struggling to figure out how to swing a sword or get through a dungeon and then you're complaining about like lag in ESO, <laughs> it's like you know, these are God, two yeah. very different scales of like, these are problems, right? So, so. Uh, not to get too technical, you get lag in arena if you set the draw distance too far because the frame rate is tied to the draw distance and it doesn't calculate your draw distance based on the power of your system. It's not optimized like that. So if I put the game from 1994 on max settings, my frame rate goes down to like four. <laughs> <laughs> and if I put it to like medium, it's like perfect. If I actually put the draw distance all the way down, the frame rate is so high, I actually can't play because it moves too quickly. I can't click it objects because it's just you you move like 90 frames at a time and I just miss any objective I try to grab. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm, that's yeah, yeah. About, single player lag. intensity In lag. Games. Well. <laughs> right right yeah man pc games in the 90s were their own creatures you had to figure out how to get them to run you had to load in like 
XML memory and well, you know, DOS commands and all these things just to get them to work sometimes. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for the live stream. And um, Lotus, um, how can people get a hold of so you? So, I am my the easiest way to message me if you want to ask anything or just talk or whatever. Um, I am Lotus of Doom on Twitter. That's the social media platform I tend to use the most, but I'm also on Discord as well. And uh, yeah, I stream. I do not have a schedule. I am the epitome of how to not be a successful streamer um, by not having a schedule and playing really, <laughs> really out of date games. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, mm-hmm. I have fun with it and appreciate when people stop by and hang out with me. Anything I do on my channel is for charity. Um, so I, I do extra life each, each and every year. And that's kind of what got me into streaming. And then it turned out that it was a lot of fun. So, you know, that brings me where I am now, but I'm just Lotus of doom over there as well. Awesome. Awesome. And you guys know how to get a hold of me. All the info is in the show notes. Uh, robots underscore radio on Twitter and twitch.tv slash robots radio. If you want to join us each week for these live episodes, I hope you guys like the new format. We will be covering all sorts of cool stuff as we move into the future. And thank you for hanging out, everyone. Um, stay tuned for after the stream. I will be jumping into Elder Scrolls Online. I still have a few of the side missions to finish up in uh, the Greymore expansion. So we'll be knocking those out. And um, yeah, that's it for this episode. Until next time. Don't wander into a Christmas dungeon and get lost with if you're moving up or down. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks or Zenimax Studios, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. If you'd like to help support the show, check out the rewards you can get at patreon.com slash elderscrollslorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. And thanks to our patrons for support, especially our tier five patrons, including Noodle Al Dente. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of 2, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.
your bestest girl, Rose, coming at you up from top of the world. Now it's time for your local traffic and weather. Welp, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, because they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever. So if all you squares wanted to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody two-shoes, definitely not raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast, The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be, on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh, they're not paying me enough for this. Till later, this is Rose, Raiders Rule! What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.